Ogumba Wale for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hey, women's basketball fans, Erica Lindsay Ayala here for another episode of Locked on Women's Basketball. I am going to be talking about Sports Illustrated again. For those who listen to Wednesday's show, you know I had some thoughts about Sportswoman of the Year, activist athlete being Brianna Stewart. If you haven't checked that out, the link is below. And of course, hey, you should be subscribed to Locked on Women's Basketball if you don't want to miss my flaming hot takes like the one I gave yesterday. I'm usually your Tuesday, Thursday host, but that really didn't fit into our Tuesday essential resources, so I pushed it to Wednesday. Also, it just kind of worked out better for my schedule. So, But here we are, Social Justice Thursdays. Again, I'm your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala. You should definitely be listening to our Monday shows with Amy Audibert and Gabe Ibrahim, and of course, Howard Magdal every Friday on Locked on women's basketball. But I talked about Sports Illustrated. I had some strong thoughts on Sportswoman of the Year, activist athlete being Brianna Stewart. But today, I'm going to talk about a list that I think Sports Illustrated got right, especially when it comes to women's basketball and women in basketball. And that is the unrelenting. This is a list I'm going to read for you. This is a list of the most powerful, most influential, and most outstanding women in sports right now. The game changers who are speaking out, setting the bar, and making a difference. Worth noting, before I get into this list, Brianna Stewart, not on this list. But anyway, this came out officially October 6th. In full disclosure, I did write one of the features, one of the women's basketball features actually, for this list. But I want to run down what we're seeing for Sports Illustrated. So we're going to get that in this segment. I'm going to break down some of these athletes were also mentioned in the Forbes 30 Under 30. We're going to go into that. And then to close out the show, I'm going to tell you kind of how I feel about awards just in general and why I think they missed the mark. Um, Surprise, surprise. It has to do with our society and how we talk about race and how we don't talk about racism. So a little bit of a spoiler alert there. But you know what? Let's get into the list. So some of these features for Sports Illustrated were accompanied with video. And I actually want to play a little bit from Jewel Lloyd. Yes, Jewel Lloyd makes the unrelenting list. And I want to play a snippet from the video that accompanied her write-up. If I had to read something myself, it took me hours to understand it and process. But if my mom was to read it to me, I could tell you everything. I could figure it out in less than 20 minutes. And so my mom, her, she was a teacher at the time. She just knew. So she took me in and, and got me tested and realized I was dyslexic and had ADHD. At the time, like my world was just shook. My life was over. Like, what am I supposed to do? And then I got into high school and I met some great teachers who really helped me understand how I learned. I think the biggest thing is my mindset to it and understanding that it's who I am and I have to embrace it. Yeah, so Kobe, we talked a lot, obviously. They had a game at Sable Center and he hit me. He's like, hey, like, after you're done, come right over and uh, I'll be here. Everyone's walking back out to go warm up and Kobe's in there and Right away, as the door opens, she's like, hey, what's up, how you doing? My dad and I were like, 
hey, what's up? This all happened at halftime of a Lakers game. And that was our first time meeting. He was just like, anything you need, let me know. And we were like, this is mind blowing. He was a tenderhearted man and he, he was so willing to help me. And he's like, this is how I study this person. This is how I study Michael. This is how you should study Diana. He always used to ask me like, do you read? And I was like, no, I hate reading because it takes me forever. I get frustrated, it gives me headaches. I just feel discouraged. He's like, oh, okay. And I was actually overseas at the time playing and I'm waiting around, I'm like getting kind of tired. I look at my email and it's like a PDF file. But then I realized it was like 700 pages. I'm like, why is Kobe sending me 700 pages? And I look and it's his book. He texts me, he's like, hey, uh, you know, read this and let me know what you think. And maybe hit me in, you know, in a month. And I was like, a month to finish this 700 page book, like your first novel? He's like, let me know what you think. I'm gonna publish this and um, I've been working really hard on it and I really wanna know your thoughts. And I was literally like, do I tell him I'm not gonna read it? Cause this is, this is unbelievable. Like I, I hate reading. I can't like, this is a, such a struggle for me. And I straight up told him like, Kobe, this is hard. He was like, you gotta read it. Like you gotta face your fears. And that's what this book's about. That's why I sent it to you. And I was like, well, I mean, I can't not read it now. And I finally finished the book. I hit him and we talked about it. And it was really cool because we basically had, you know, a book club with me and him. I mean, I don't think he fully understood the confidence that he gave me to continue to read and kind of get out of my comfort zone. I mean, I know he pushes me in so many different ways, but this one was different because it was completely non-basketball related. And that book really kind of helped me push forward mentally. How were you able to be in this zone, in this moment, during one of the most difficult seasons? You know, this, this year has been a lot. For me, this is for Kobe, Gigi, for Bianca Taylor. We had a lot of emotions coming to this game. So it's, uh, it's very emotional for me. In addition to Jewel Lloyd, Maya Moore makes the unrelenting list. Michelle Roberts, who is the executive director of the National Basketball Players Association, makes the unrelenting list. We have Terry Jackson, who makes the unrelenting list. I've talked about this before, but I'm going to talk about Terry at the end of the show. We'll get you a clip from that video. Who else is on this list? Neka Ogumike from the Los Angeles Sparks makes the unrelenting list. Also representing women's basketball and women in basketball, the one, the only analyst extraordinaire, Doris Burke, makes the unrelenting list. Representing the sport of basketball is one Natasha Cloud of the Washington Mystics. Did not play in 2020, but won a 2019 championship with the Mystics. Asia Wilson, the reigning MVP of the WNBA, makes the list. The unrelenting list by Sports Illustrated put out in early October of Young Money APAA Sports, Nicole Lynn, agent, Becky Hammond. Oh man, I could go on for days about Becky Hammond. We'll save that for another show, but Becky Hammond, uh, WNBA legend and assistant coach with the San Antonio Spurs, makes the unrelenting list. Oh, one of my favorites on this list. Would have loved to also write the feature for Kia Clark. Actually, I don't think she had a video component. Kia Clark, the CEO, newly named CEO of the New York Liberty. And I'm going to give you some links. I've written about Kia Clark a lot 
over the years. One of my favorite people to portray. And I honestly think that this CEO role, it just is, is so fitting for her in so, so many ways. But recently she spoke for an event uh, for a Brooklyn-based company. So that link is below. Other people representing women's basketball on this list is not only Muffet McGraw, but also Neil Ivy. And so we're going to close out this segment actually hearing a snippet from the video that accompanied Neil Ivy and Muffet McGraw making the Sports Illustrated unrelenting list. But before I do that, other people on the list, Cheryl Reeve, general manager and head coach of the Minnesota Lynx, Candace Parker, gotta love it. A little CP3 action in the house. Congratulations to all of the amazing women for the unrelenting. A few I want to shout out. I gotta give love to Blake Bolden, man. That's my homie right there. Blake Bolden, uh, NHL scout with the NL, uh, with the LA Kings organization, professional women's hockey player, professional women's hockey champion, just all-around badass pioneer. I can't say enough things about Blake Bolden. Would have also loved to write her feature, but uh, I don't think she had a, an accompanying video. Uh, anyway, the unrelenting list is great. Have the links here, but let's close out this segment and we'll head to the next segment in just a bit. We're going to hear, though, first from Muffin McGraw and Neil Ivey. Muffet, I know you made some comments about hiring practices and what you do in the future. How important, as your career has gone on and, and we've lost past Summit, how seriously do you take being that voice? Did you know that the Equal Rights Amendment was introduced in 1967 and it still hasn't passed? We need 38 states to agree that discrimination on the basis of sex is unconstitutional. We've had a record number of women running for office and winning, and still we have 23% of the House and 25% of the Senate. We were sitting in the locker room waiting for her to come back from her press conference, and I remember her walking in and she was like, hey, I just, I just went off, you know? And we were like, <laughs> really, what happened? Like, what, what, you know, what was the question? We don't have enough female role models. We don't have enough visible women leaders. We don't have enough women in power. Girls are socialized to know when they come out, gender roles are already set. Men run the world. Men have the power. Men make the decisions. It's always the men that is the stronger one. And when these girls are coming out, who are they looking up to to tell them that that's not the way it has to be? And where better to do that than in sports? And then, then we saw the video of it going viral, and it was so powerful. It, it gave me chills. We were all extremely happy that she spoke up and spoke out for all women. All these millions of girls that play sports across the country, wouldn't it be great if we could teach them to watch how women lead? This is a path for you to take to get to the point where in this country we have 50% of women in power. Well, I've always been passionate about women and advancing women. Um, and then you start to see things like RBG as the number one graduate in her law school and couldn't get a job because she was a woman. You look at what Billie Jean King did for tennis and watching Pat Summit lead. And then, you know, when she died, it was like there was a vacuum there and, and we needed somebody to fill it. And so I thought this is a great time for me to step up and start using my voice. I'd like to see more women supporting women. I think we, we don't do a good job of helping each other. I think when people get to a certain position, they need to be able to reach down and pull somebody else up. They need to be better mentors. 
when you look at men's basketball and 99% of the jobs go to men, why shouldn't 100 or 99% of the jobs in women's basketball go to women? Maybe it's because we only have 10% women athletic directors in Division I. People hire people who look like them, and that's the problem. She was somebody that um, I not only looked up to, um, I respected. She's somebody that I love very, very much. And so to be able to be able to follow her, um, somebody that I admire so much, um, is just life-changing for me. She's one of those people that is just going to be a part of my heart forever. And to watch her grow and then to, you know, she leaves to play in the WNBA and then to be able to bring her back. Oh, I'm so proud of her. I am so proud of just how she's worked to become the legend that she is about to become. Um, how would you say that you're different than Coach McGraw? Like, what will you bring to Notre Dame? <laughs> this is an easy question. <laughs> I, I'm the warm and fuzzy. <laughs> Coach is not the warm and fuzzy. Um, you know, very direct, you know, super passionate. We're both intense, uh, but I just think I was, I'm a relationship-driven person. I know how to be strong and how to keep my emotions in check when I need to, but I just think that I'm just a little bit different in that way. Everything else, I think we are right. Like, I learned everything from her. I can't be Coach Morrell. That was their biggest uh, um, advice to me and also Jack Schwarbrick. Like, you have to be yourself. I don't know what I would have done without her. I, I told her many times, and I wasn't joking. You know, when you leave, I'm, I'm retiring. She left, and I retired. So, you know, it was true. I tried not to let it have um, added pressure. I felt like being the first African-American assistant coach in the NBA was very impactful, and so I felt like I, I understood the, the magnitude of it this past year. I think I was prepared for the moment, and so I, I tried to just continue to inspire young African-American girls, just girls everywhere can, can look up to me and um, see somebody of color in this, this leadership role. Well, we hired the best candidate, and that, that makes it even better. Uh, the fact that we have our first African-American female head coach, that is, says volumes. Um, it's, it's kind of about time. I think sports is probably the one place where we can have true equality. I think it's so important for women especially to be able to use their voice and they have to be able to fight for what they believe in. I think it's so important that they go on and carry on and do these things in a public way. And I, I think it's gonna be really great for our country, but it's gotta start with sports. I mean, I think we're the ones that are gonna change the tide. Hey, women's basketball fans, thank you for listening to Locked on Women's Basketball. A reminder, if you are not subscribed, go ahead and do that wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're not going to want to miss it. Next week, I will be away, so we'll do a little bit of a mashup, some wobble audio, that uh, you, some that you've heard before, some that you haven't. Uh, so it'll be a little bit of a mix between um, a replay of some old episodes and, and a little bit of a fresh slant, maybe some things that hit the cutting room floor. So you're not going to want to miss it next week on Locked on Women's Basketball. Lots of Notre Dame representation. I like this list, The Unrelenting. I do know that this list was sponsored by Symmetra. So um, I'm not exactly sure what the criteria were. I know for Terry Jackson, for that feature, there was someone specifically at Sports Illustrated who for years was trying to get a feature on Terry and folded it into The Unrelenting list. I like the, I like the term Unrelenting. 
I think Lasia Clarendon, unrelenting. Sue Bird, unrelenting. Natalia Chanwa doesn't get as much love as I think she should. Had her on the podcast. I absolutely love what she is doing with the Madam C.J. Walker Foundation in Indiana. I'm going to link to that again. She just named the Women in Business that will benefit from her scholarship. So I'm going to give you that link because I think it's fantastic. Um, Satu Sabali, I wrote about Satu Sabali for Sports Illustrated. Um, I will give you that link. So amazing, amazing people on the unrelenting list. But again, there's another list that we have to talk about. Another list where women's basketball was very well represented. And I talked about this I've talked about this list before because I talked about Christina Williams. I've talked about Ari Chambers. But we're talking about the 2020 Forbes 30 under 30 list. My goodness, this was amazing. In sports, we have, again, I mentioned Ariel Chambers. Natasha Cloud, hey! Not only getting unrelenting, but also getting 30 under 30 for Forbes. We also have, representing basketball, Cheney Ogumike. So you had NECA on the unrelenting list, Cheney on this list. Fantastic. Asia Wilson is another twofer. So on the unrelenting list, also on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. This is technically the 2021 list. And I mentioned Christina Williams also on that list. Some all-star alumni that they, re- they recognize, Maya Moore was under on the 2015 30 Under 30. Uh, the judges for this, Emmanuel Acho, Lyle's A's, Lyle A's, Mark Cuban, and Billie Jean King. Billie Jean King also was on the unrelenting list. Um, and there's a really cool article that goes with uh, sports in particular, 30 Under 30 in Sports 2021, Why Sports Matter in a Time of Social Justice, Social Distancing, and social media. So I will give you those links. Um, Just amazing, amazing propos being given. With that said, um, there's always more. We always want more. I always want more, right? Um, There's so many amazing people. Again, Lasia, I have not seen on any of these lists. And I'm trying to understand why. Lasia Clarendon would be on all of my lists always, all the time. The wait is almost over. The 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here and locked on NBA Podcasts. We'll get you ready with a special week of shows beginning December 14th. Get previews of every team division by division from all 30 of our locked on local experts. Plus... Waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from Rejecting the Screen. Subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. There was some uh, clapback for the unrelenting list, and this list was a little bit more abstract. I mean, even as someone who wrote about uh, the list or wrote um, a feature for, that, for someone that was on the list, um, on the one hand, they're great exposure. 
you know, they're great for networking and uh, for the resume and to show that you are established. So congratulations to Christina, uh, to Ari, to Tosh, to Chanae, to Neka, um, to Asia Wilson, who is on both lists, of course, um, to Terry Jackson, uh, to Becky Hammond, who am I missing? Oh, Muffet and Neil Ivy and Jewel Lloyd. I mean, congrats, of course, congrats, and well-deserved in a lot of ways, but there's some things about these lists that make me uncomfortable. Um, so we're going to talk about that coming up in the next segment. I'm also going to give you a little bit of a taste of some of the things that did not make my feature for Terry Jackson, including what she feels about being on the unrelenting list. There is something that Terry Jackson said that I think is important, and we're going to end the show on that, try to end it on a high note, trying to end it on unity. But before we do that, Auntie's going to go in because listen, 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 listen. If, again, <laughs> you know, person of the year, Time Magazine, if you can have Trump, Biden, healthcare workers and social justice at activists all as the top four finalists. I'm very confused as what the criteria are. Similarly, not really similarly at all, but that's kind of also how I felt about Sports Illustrated ac activist athlete being Brianna Stewart. If it's Sportswoman of the Year, as it usually is, Stewie, definitely in the running. But when you add activist athlete on there, no way. Not even a chance that she should be considered. Um, so these awards, man, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the criteria are, but this is another part of the narrative. I told you, yeah, ding, ding, yes, we're talking about race. We're talking about racism. You can be the most qualified person in the room. And if you are black or brown, of any marginalized group, really, especially a visible, um, as they say, minority. I'm using air quotes here because I don't use that word myself, uh, but just uh, I think it hits it hits on what I'm trying to get at. If you are, are vis visibly a part of a marginalized group, those <laughs> accolades, the hard work, the prestige, the awards are not enough. <laughs> They're not enough for a society, a society that is conditioned. And this is truly all of us. We are conditioned by our society to take shortcuts in determining who is worth our time and who is not. And I believe it's superficial. I believe it's uh, based on white supremacy and uh, a male-dominated society. And I think it's, I think it's BS. Um, these awards, because they're also right about selling magazines or getting clicks, and um, you know, they there's some type of appeasement that has to happen. Um, and in the nonprofit space, I don't know how many people know this, but, you know, I was given a top 30 under 30 or something like that. And 
um, yeah, I think I do a lot of work and continue to do a lot of work in the nonprofit space. But the reason my name was even in consideration is because the organization, and I had just started working for this organization. So it was really weird for me to get this award. I mean, within the first six months of me working there and, and having to, you know, in a speech explain why I thought I deserved it for working with this one organization. And I was, I I couldn't even talk about that organization. I talked about what I did elsewhere. But the reason I was in the running is because someone at my organization, a board member or something like that, you know, they made a contribution. They made a contribution. Yeah. Did that suck to find out? Yeah. Yeah. Do I think that I deserve an award recognizing the the work that I do in the nonprofit space? Yeah. I mean, both can be true. It's just kind of finicky, you know? It's who you know. It's how much people are willing to pay. And that's what stinks about these because it's not always... That's not always explicit. You know, that, that, that behind the scenes, the BTS, right? Uh, or the room where it happens type stuff is not always made clear. So I want us all to take these awards with a grain of salt. I mean, (laughs) I have a lot of feelings (laughs) about WNBA awards as well, which I think suffer from the same problem. You know, man, Candace Parker was defensive player of the year because Candace Parker said she wanted to be defensive player of the year. I will stand by that. I will stand by that. Man, not this year, Candace. Not this year. Not for me. I'm I'm sticking to that opinion. Hardcore. Hardcore. But you know, that's just another example. Uh, you know, you can go to uh Denzel Washington winning for training day, right? An Academy Award winning for training day, but not the year before for Hurricane. And then Russell Crowe wins for gladiator but not a beautiful mind it's just there's so many other factors that go in and it's unfortunate because there's a lot of emotion when you are honored because more often than not the person that's being honored has worked extremely hard and in theory deserves to be honored candace parker put in a lot of work on defense i will give her that Was she the best defensive player in the 2020 Wubble season? No. I don't believe so. Was she the worst defensive player? No, of course not. Upper echelon? Sure. I mean, how many, how many does, do we count? I mean, apparently not top 10 according to the coaches. Not a top 10 defender according to the coaches who voted. So I don't, I mean, you know, we just have to take this with a grain of salt. But as I I said, I want to end with Terry Jackson and her husband, who we interviewed, her son, who we interviewed, and Terry herself. The one thing, whether they were on camera or not, that came through was how honored Terry Jackson was to be thought of in the company of the entire unrelenting list. I mean, it's a pretty good list. You should check it out. I I was reading women that are associated with basketball, but it's a pretty good list. Um, But specifically, Terry Jackson was honored and moved, emotional, to be recognized alongside other women 
from the WNBA. So here's what Terry had to say about that. So what makes me so happy to see athletes um, really engaged um, is that there's a certain um, void in leadership um, in these movements that they've been able to fill. They've been able to um, fill in the gaps of of these needed conversations because they have said they are necessary, they are critical, and we're going to have them. And I don't care how hard it is. Um, and they just and they keep coming. And uh, so that gives me hope. And um, and I think I think I think we're all kind of inspired and in awe of them and their courage particularly the women of the W. It takes a lot of courage to stand up because um, there's so much that's being hurled at them. And um, it takes a lot of strength to stand up and to stay there um, and hold that position. And um, I think there were gaps in the movement and um, for women and then civil rights generally and when it comes to having the hard and critical conversations that young people need to have and understand um, history and understand their role and their place in, in kind of moving things forward, um, yep, the women of the W have been able to fill the gaps and, and move that forward. And uh, yeah, I'm inspired by that. So at the end of the day, the moral of this episode, I think, is nothing is ever one thing. Nothing is ever one thing. Uh, and awards are a matter of opinion and sometimes a matter of circumstance. A lot of times a matter of circumstance. Um, but that doesn't mean that we can't enjoy the opportunity to celebrate someone who is extraordinary, who is unrelenting. So... Lasia Clarendon, again, maybe I, I'm not looking at every awards list because I don't even like lists, but um, here we go. For most outstanding performance exceeded, ex exceeded my expectations, <laughs> if I'm being honest, on the court was an absolute rock for a very young team in the Wubble. For over time, but especially in 2020, not only finding their path, their true path, and his true self, but having the patience and the grace to introduce herself to the world as they saw fit and as they saw themselves. To the discipline and the care and the respect and honor for those who came before to 
research and learn and understand the difference between advocating, being an activist, and being an organizer. For being honest and forthcoming about the difficulties from a mental health perspective that the Wubble season was. And of course, for reminding us all that again, nothing is just one thing, whether we're talking about non-binary, LGBTQ spectrum, trans, uh, Lasia just wore a shirt and had a great post. There's no one way to be trans. So for doing all of that, I would like to bestow the highest honor (laughs) on the Tuesday, Thursday Locked on Women's Basketball podcast to the one, the only, Lasia Clarendon. Congratulations, Lasia. We honor you and all that you have done all that you did this year, and all that you will do. And of course, we wish you and your wife felicidades, congratulations, blessings, and Godspeed as you grow your family. There you go. Now Lasia has an award. Uh, it's official as far as I'm concerned. And uh, now I feel better. There, I fixed it uh, to to take a a line from Sarah Spain. That's what she said. Hey, I fixed it. Lasia, congratulations. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm so petty. Uh, it was a pool of one. <laughs> I appreciate those that got that joke. Um, has something to do with um. <laughs> how WNBA coaches are selected. Anyway, um, oh, another congratulations, though. Vicki Johnson for returning to the head coaching seat, officially named the head coach for the Dallas Wings. I want to tell the story of Teaspoon Vicki Johnson and Becky Hammond so bad. I've, I've done a story on Teaspoon. I've spoken to Vicky so many times while she was with uh, the Aces. Anytime she would come to New York. So that's actually not that many times, but felt like a lot. Um, but Becky Hammond, it's on my list. Let's manifest that for 2021, folks. The three of them, individually, but especially collectively... That's some women's basketball history for you. But okay. I, I made up an award. I gave it to Lasia Clarendon. And uh, now everything is right with the world. I will be away next week. So um, not, I won't have anything new. I won't be, you know, it won't be current up to date for next week's episodes. So, uh a little bit of a different vibe from me on Tuesday, Thursday next week. But uh, after that, we'll get you ready again. We're in the middle of the holiday season. Happy Hanukkah 
to all those who celebrate. By the time I get back, we'll be getting ready for Christmas and, of course, Kwanzaa. And then the new year. So have a happy, have a, he have a healthy. And uh, I'll catch you on the other side. All right, Erica Lindsay Ayala signing out. Bye. <laughs>